I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and welcome to Church Online. If this is your first time watching us, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave a comment or a like, and let us know that you're watching. And also, if you need anything, you can always visit us at lifechurchutah.com, and we'd love to be able to pray with you about anything. If you'd like to participate in giving today, you can do so by texting the word LCGIVE to the number on the screen. Once again, thank you for watching Church Online here at Life Church Utah. God bless. The last couple of weeks in, in our church, we've been uh, going through this sermon series that we call The Storyteller. And this series is about how Jesus was able to create this incredible stories and, and present it in a way that uh, it touched people during that time, but it does it still today, don't you think? So today uh, is the last week of this uh, series, and I'm going to be sharing the message in Spanish because I wrote it. Just kidding. <laughs> no. uh, and today I'm going to share the last message. And um, and the story that I'm going to share with you today is a very well-known story, but I think we have it uh, understand wrong, and, and I want you to give me an opportunity to maybe present my case this morning. But before that, let me start with a personal story. So when I was uh, 20 years old, a couple, like almost 20 years ago, um, I started learning self-defense yeah, because I want to defend myself. <laughs> So, but I got, I got really good on it, and um, I got so good that I, I won a championship um, in Chile. Yes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, but the, the crazy thing is, maybe you have done this, maybe you, you have learned some self-defense, you, you like, I don't know, those type of things, but something that happened with me is that this thing creates uh, a lot of confidence, you know, in terms of I know how to defend myself. So if somebody come, uh, I will defend. <laughs> um, so, but I remember when I was in Chile, this situation when we were working in, in our ministry there, we were building a school. So we were working there and uh, we, we ran out of uh, material, so we decided to go and take a break, go all together, have some dinner or some food, and uh, get some materials that we needed. So we did that. We jumped in the truck, and we are driving. I'm sitting in the back, looking outside, and in the street, in one of the corners, I saw this couple arguing, and you can see that... Um, it was very high uh, conversation. And at some point, the guy came and pushed the, the lady. <gasps> so the Superman that we have, all the men's, the superhero that we have, it came out, and I said, stop the car. And I jumped out of the car. I went into the couple. I pushed the guy aside, and I said, a UK lady. <laughs> I was feeling it, so she... <laughs> I think she's thought, man, an angel from heaven. <laughs> if you don't believe it, who else will do? So anyhow, there was this lady, and I make sure with her, are you okay? She said, yes. I, I asked her, do you want me to call the police? And she said, uh, no, no, I'm fine. I said, do you want me to leave you alone with this man? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. So I turned to the guy, and I said, you don't do that to ladies, my friend. If you have a problem... You can talk to me about it. 
and I left, you know? Feeling in the clouds. And, um, and I think you, you can relate with this story because when we do something good for somebody else, you have this, this feeling inside like, I'm doing something great. You, you have this sense inside of you. In fact, I put it like this. Our sense of justice is major by our actions. When, when we do something good and, and, and we recognize, man, we feel so good. When we help our neighbor that is in need or when we see somebody in the street and we go and we help them, it, it's an amazing feeling that we, we get. And at the same time, I think uh, we recognize when we do something wrong. We already, uh, right away we know if we're doing something wrong and, and something inside tells us right away. In fact, this is the way that I put it. Our sense of altruism is conditionally related to our actions. This altruism is, is the action that uh, makes us do good things, you know? And, and when we do things like those, automatically we, we, we can see in our actions. And if we do the wrong things, we recognize it right away. So, and the story that I want to share with you has a lot to do with the actions towards the other person and how... We, for many years, have seen this story as a way of uh, understanding as how we should treat other people. And you might have heard the story is called the Good Samaritan. And normally when we hear the story of the Good Samaritan, we automatically shift to the mode of uh, social justice, how the, that person in need can get help and, and how even between enemies can cross borders and, 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 and help one another. But again, I think, uh, and I want to make my case today with you, that the story about the Good Samaritan is not about how to be with our neighbors. I think it's completely different. So if you give me a couple of minutes, I would like to share with you what I think really happened in the story, and maybe we can learn something different today, okay? Look chapter 10, verse 25, and it, and it says this, one day, an expert in the religious law stood up uh, to test Jesus by asking this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit uh, eternal life? And uh, a couple of things here. Probably Jesus is teaching because when this re religious law stu stood up, it means like normally the, pe the people when we're learning, they were sitting down. So probably Jesus is teaching. There's a bunch of people there. And this was common when... Uh, 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 a rabbi was test of his knowledge. So this is what is happening here in this situation. And this man came with a question, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And I think this question is, we can relate with that because normally we go through situation trying to understand the, the what. what. What should I do? How can I, how can I get that? We definitely relate with that. But if you notice, the emphasis of this question it's placed on what the person can do. It's very selfish-oriented. So it's everything about the person, what that individual can do to get that price. And here comes the answer. I think it's great answer. Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses says? say? Uh, how do you read it? And it was very common in this time when... Um, people were uh, coming to a rabbi asking a question, the rabbi will never give you an answer right away. What will happen is he will confront you with your knowledge. 
and see where you stand up and what you know. So remember, this is a, a, a religious law, somebody that knows the law very good. And this was his answer. He said, the man answered, you must love the Lord, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it was not a surprise that this man knew what was required. In fact, he, he's referring to an Old Testament scripture. And one time, I don't know if you remember it or if you knew this, but one time Jesus was asked what was the most important commitment, and he gave the same exactly answer. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus got something, and this too, he said, it's, it's resuming, it's content, all the, all the law and the prophets. And when we, we think about it, it's, it's like that. I mean, if you love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, you will never be tempted to have idols. You will never tend to try other gods. In fact, if you love God, you will love your neighbor, and you will never cheat. You will never lie. You will never commit adultery. So there's a true behind this, two, this statement where these two are the most important, and, and it will take you to a place where you can really inherit eternal life. So when the men answer like that, Jesus said this, right, you got it, my friend. Do this, and you will live. You know what to do. You know what is required. And somehow Jesus is saying this. If you are able to fulfill the law, you will have eternal life. So try what you have said and see if you can get it. Because that is true. Now, notice that the, the commitment is so uh, simple, but it's very complex. It's not just uh, a simple action, try to shift your mind to, okay, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love my neighbor. The, the people of Israel went through thousands of years trying to understand this simple concept of loving God. And we, when we're confronting with a reality, uh, we, we do exactly the same thing that this man did. And, 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 and I think you're going to relay with what he said. Look, uh, verse 29 said this. The man wanted to, did you notice that? Justify his actions. Don't you feel like when we go through situations like that, when we don't have the right answer, when we are caught in a situation where we are in trouble, what we do? We try to justify our action. So he came with a question, and who is my neighbor? So he's trying to maybe present the idea, you know what, Okay, maybe I'm not doing right because I don't know who my neighbor is. But something is happening in the heart of this man, and I, hopefully, you wanna, you, hopefully you can see it because this is something that Paul wrote a couple of years later, and he said this, the law simply shows how sinful we are. So when the man said what was required, he automatically realized Maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe there is something that is wrong. So he's trying to justify himself saying, uh, um, uh, well, so um, who is my neighbor? And this is the context with the story that you and I know, and maybe if you don't know, today is going to be your first time. The story of the Good Samaritan comes along. Verse 30, Jesus starts. 
Jesus replied with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and was attacked by bandits. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this, just saying that the geography of this place is Jerusalem is in the hill, uh, Jericho is in the bottom, and this road from um, Jerusalem to Jericho was well known for a, a place where people might get in trouble, okay? Bandits were always hiding there and until today. So the story continued, and, and it says, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Now, look how amazing is Jesus telling a story. He's presenting, in the beginning, a conflict. So a story without a conflict is not a story. Because when you, you, you try to relay automatically, you feel compelled with, with what is going on. You want to try to help that poor uh, little Jewish that was um, struggling in this road. And maybe the people automatically, knowing the road, uh, thought this guy went to the temple and he was giving his uh, offerings in the temple and now he's coming down and poor little Jew, uh, he get bit and almost dead in, in this road. And all the people is connected. What is going to happen? Is this man going to die? You see the power of the story? Now, he continues and said, verse 31. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man laying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. Notice this, the man who crossed to the other side, who passed and, and went to the other side, is the priest, the one that represents God. A, pre, a priest should know that as a representative of God, he ought to help his uh, fellow neighbor in need. And this man is in need, but maybe there are things going on in his head. Jesus is not telling us anything else. Only we can realize from this uh, uh, verse that this priest was very selfish. He didn't care about that man. He, he didn't care. He crossed and he moved on. So the people are shocked. The priest? But the story is not over. Verse uh, 31 continue. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him laying there, but he also passed by to the other side. What? Another man that represents God is doing exactly the same thing. And I can see something in these two men, because maybe for them, uh, they're things that are more important than helping this man. I feel like for the priest and the Levite, was more important being religious rather than loving their neighbor. Because they knew if this man is dead, they will touch and they will get impure. So I prefer to keep pure myself and be able to keep doing my job in the temple rather than going and helping this guy. For them, it was more, more important being religious. And I know here there's no religious people. I know you try to live your life in an honest way. Maybe there's people watching that are very religious, but not here. So I want you to realize something, which is a principle that I, I take from here. Knowing is not equal of doing. Even though these two uh, representatives of God knew what to do, 
they move on. And maybe you know this because you know that what you're doing in your relationship, uh, living outside of marriage, you know, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. I was sharing in the morning, the first service, an example of, uh, you know that smoking is bad, but um, you still do it. I told my girls, I showed them a video of a lady that had some issues with smoking, and after that she, she said, I wish somebody told me before. So I showed them the video, and I told a four-year-old and a six-year-old, I told them, girls, if you want to smoke, you're free to do it. But remember that that is the consequence. You will lose your voice. You barely will breathe. So, but you can do it because you know. And that is what many of us uh, go through. We know what will happen or might happen, but we still do it. We know that eating some type of food can not be good for us, but we still do it. We know that coming to church is very good for you, but we still not come every, every time. We know that serving and doing good things is, is good, but knowing doesn't mean the same of doing. So the story continues, and here's when the conflict comes. Look what happened. Then a despised Samaritan came along. Have you watched the movie Shark when, or about sharks? And this sound like... Tenen. So that is the music that is sounding in the background when the people is watching. Like, what the Samaritan is going to do? <laughs> so they are creating out of my, I think Jesus even take, take a minute, took a minute after he, he said, then the despised Samaritan came along. And there it is, the people making ideas in, her, in their head. Because they have something with the, the Samaritans. Maybe some are thinking, this Samaritan is going to kill the, the poor Jewish that is coming from the temple. Remember, they don't know. Maybe you know, we know. Most of us know the rest of the story and what is going to happen. But the people that heard this story for the first time, they, they didn't know anything. So they are creating ideas in their mind. Kind of like, what is going to happen? Is this man going to kill the poor Jewish and, and, and they are having these thoughts or they are feeling anxious about this because Jewish and Samaritans were enemies. They didn't like each other. In fact, it was, it was uh, really bad if you call a Jewish Samaritan. It was like an insult for them. So they have a very big conflict uh, between each other. So Jesus is, is presenting a man, the, the Samaritan, that came along. And the story continues. And... When he saw the man, the Samaritan, the bad guy, felt compassion for him. So the people is like, huh? The bad guy that despite Samaritan is feeling compassion? Yeah, yeah, wait, wait a minute. It's not over. Because going over to him... The Samaritan stood, uh, suited uh, his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. What? He went and helped him? He went and, 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 and put some things to make him feel better? Yeah, yeah. And, and the story's not over. Because then he put the man on his own donkey. Yeah, people was like, no. Yeah, in his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took 
care of him. I don't know if you can see this, but just between you guys and us, me, Jesus is presenting the enemy, okay, the Samaritan as the hero of the story. You know, we always need Superman, we always need Iron Man, Captain America. In this story, the hero is Thanos. For those who watch Avengers, I was the only one. <laughs> Anyhow, the bad guy is the hero. And people can, can believe what is going on here. In fact, the Samaritan is doing what the priest and the Levi should have done. And there is this uh, bad guy doing the good thing. But Jesus is not over because he, he wanted pressed more deep in their heart. Verse uh, 35. Then the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. <laughs> okay, let's take a break here. It's okay to go and help. It's okay to try to do something good, healing the wounds and stuff. I mean, yeah, okay. It's even okay to take this poor man and bring him to a safe place. We agree with that. But this is too much. I mean, who will do something like that? Paying all the expenses for a guy that you don't know? And, and, and count with my word. I will come and, and pay you back. I will. This too... Um, Silver coins were valued for at least two months of staying in that place. I mean, who does something like this? This is lavish. This is, this is out of our minds. You know, do you know what is happening? The Samaritan's action showed that he loved God more than the priest and the Levi loved God. So remember, there's a, a man that came with a question, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him what to do. Now he tried to excuse himself, and now he's listening to a story that is confronting him with a situation, and he sees something there. So Jesus is going to give a punch here, okay? Look what happened. Now which of this? Three, will you say, was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? In other words, who you should be like. Who you should be like. You should be like the priest. You should be like the Levite. Or you should be like this Samaritan. Oh, can you, can you feel the boil inside of this man? The angriness? Kind of like, Jesus is putting, it, putting him in a situation that he has to compare with the Samaritan. So there's this man feeling like, The thing is, we need to realize something. This question is not about, it's not pointing to who you should love, but how. Not to who, it's the how. And the man is realizing this. He, he can see that this is getting really hard. So look the answer of the man. He said, the man replied, the one who show him Mercy. 
He was so mad. He, he was so angry that he barely said this phrase. He couldn't say the Samaritan. And there's something going on in the heart of this man. There's something that he's realizing slowly, but something is coming from his heart, from inside to his mind. And you know what is that? That he did not love his neighbor. That's not what he's realizing in that moment when he said uh, the Samaritan was the one that loved the men. He's realizing in his mind and in his heart that he doesn't love his neighbor. And at the same time, he can see that if he doesn't love his neighbor, he doesn't love God. Because what Jesus' story is saying is doing what that Samaritan did is impossible. It's too hard. I mean, who can do something like that? Who can go above and beyond the expectation like that? So there's this man. There's something going on inside of him. And you know what? He knows what he ought to do. But he understands how impossible it is. There's, in his heart, he's straddled by this situation. Because he knows what he should be doing, but he's not doing it. And maybe he never had, has done it before. So here it is. Giving the answer to Jesus. Yes, that man. The man that was kind with the other one. And Jesus said, yes. You're right. Now go and do the same. And you know what happened? The story is over. We don't know what happened after that. With a man realizing that it's impossible. And Jesus is, 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 is telling him, are you willing or are you able to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you are, go and do it. If you are, go and do it and be your own savior. You can do it. If you think that you can love your neighbor as yourself, go. And there's this man. Because this story is showing something here, which is this. If you love God, you will love your Neighbor, neighbor. If I love God, I'll love my neighbor. I'll do it. It's something that will happen. But if I don't love my neighbor, you don't love God. So there's this man in front of the one who can love his neighbor himself the one that can do it and it will do it for him and and when i see this and nothing happened i feel like what is this story missing because like i said i think it's not about how to love our neighbor what is this story missing this man that is it was coming with a question about salvation. What can I do to get eternal life? And he's realizing in his own mind that he can't be his own savior. 
He can't. It's in front of the man that can save him, but what is missing? You know what it is? Repentance. This man should have fell on his knees and say, I can't. I don't know what to do. I'm realizing that it's impossible, that I never have done it, and maybe I never will do. What can I do? So my dear friends, hopefully you can see this because this story is not about how to love our neighbor. We can learn about it. We can see an example of a good people. But the reality is, this story, it's about how we can find salvation. Because when we look the story of the Good Samaritan, we need to realize that we can be good with others. Because we are selfish, and because we are selfish, the only one that we are gonna be, we're going to be good with is with ourselves. So, I want to encourage you, when you look this story again, and when you read it at home, to remember this. First, it is impossible to love our neighbor as ourselves. It is impossible. If you don't believe me, go and try it. I mean, try it. Maybe you can become your own savior. It is impossible. And again, when you look at the story, I, I want you to remember this. The law will always, always, always condemn us. When we see what is required to, to, to get that eternal life, when we see what is required according to the law, the law will condemn us. And because of this, when you look the story of the Good Samaritan, I want you to remember this. Jesus is the real and true Good Samaritan. He is the one that can go above and beyond. He is the one that can pay the price. He is the one that saw the enemy and he went and crossed the street and grabbed you and accepted you exactly as you are. No matter how uh, bad you was, he, he loved you. He is the real and true good Samaritan. And the other thing that I want you to remember when you read this story is without Christ, it is impossible to inherit eternal life. So, before I finish, let me ask you this. By what do I want to be major? By my actions? Maybe you were thinking, you came today, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to get some points in heaven. And you think that Jesus is looking down, oh, look, little Johnny came today. Whoa, Gabriel, look, look. I told you he was going to come. Do you think because we give, we're going to impress God? Because we serve, we're going to impress God. Oh, no, this month I've been very faithful coming to church. I've been praying for breakfast. Lunch and dinner. <laughs> Newsflash, our actions will never 
impress God. Never. There's nothing that you and I can do to impress God. So by what do I want to be major? By my actions or by the grace that I don't deserve? So I want to leave you with that. What will happen if I put the things that I can do aside and I start living by His incredible and amazing love? What will happen if I recognize that I can be my own Savior and I accept the salvation that is free from Him? If I understand that the prize is already paid, this is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.